Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. <laughs> Who's going to start first? It's me. Hello, everyone. Oh, you mean, when, when have I ever I started the show, Ted? <laughs> no, no, please, oh, Mrs. Don't. No, um, Aidan, you've just got back in, having been a week late because you were up on holiday or something, you're late today as well. What's happened to you? Do you know what? I am just enjoying my first cup of tea of the day. We're recording this, good listener, at ten past four in the afternoon and I... Oh, I'm just having my first cuppa. I've not been allowed to have any caffeine for 12 hours. I've just had a CT scan. Oh, right. Do you remember that... um, a heart thing, which I'm very pleased to say turned out to be nothing, which I talked yep. about on the show. About last year, middle of last year, May time, I had a, I had a possible heart concern, but actually oh, it do, came to yeah. nothing. The doctor asked, uh, ordered a CT scan for me. <laughs> well, I've just had it today. <laughs> um, uh, very interesting, interesting procedure. But the worst part of all was no caffeine for 12 hours before the procedure. I thought you'd given up caffeine. Well, I have, yes, but I think there's still... Well, I mean, okay, you make a very good point, Ted, but there is a degree of caffeine, even in the decaf tea and coffee that I'm now drinking. I don't think, from a medical point of view, it would have been sensible to have said, oh, there's no caffeine in these tea bags, they're fine. So I decided to err on the side of caution on that one. So, oh, I'm I'm loving my cup of tea now, Ted. But it was interesting. They put you in that, talk about tech. I mean, we like to talk about tech things. I want one of those, a CT scanner. I mean, it's really like something out of Star Wars. They put you in... your own they put you in this <laughs> tube and this thing goes and you think what's going to happen now and then it whooshes you back and forth i mean physically and literally you're going in and out on this bed and yeah. there's a voice saying breathe in breathe out and you're thinking i am breathing <laughs> yeah. yeah good fun claustrophobia yes oh god yes yes so i don't suppose they've told you anything have they no they haven't told me anything but i'm i'm glad to say that because this is a very late scan uh i i waxed lyrical about my possible heart condition which we end up thinking was long covid anyway uh some months ago and um it's all gone and passed and in the back of me and not a problem so i'm if you never know they might still say you've got 10 minutes to live we've looked at your results but um for the time being i'm happy Jolly good. Well, well, we'll look forward to uh, a, a, a positive outcome on Thank your you, sir. results when they arrive. Um, and your holiday? You were away last week? I went to see the other half. Um, I went yeah. to Switzerland last week, so yeah. and that, that was good fun. Yes, just got away for a few days. But, of course, I'm, I, always, <laughs> I always find I do it in the middle of recording. So apologies, dear listeners. I'm sure you've yeah. missed me greatly. Anyway, no worries. <laughs> we're here back again. It's, it's, we're two-thirds of the way through January. And it's cold here, and it's been very snowy here, um, but it's not now. It's starting to warm up a bit, so fingers crossed that's the end of it. Is it cold there still? Oh, it's ruddy freezing here. It's horrible. I mean, it actually isn't. It's about two degrees, but if you're Aidan Bell, that's ruddy freezing. Yeah, Yeah. and you know, I I was making small talk with the lovely nurse who looked after me today, and we both said, it looks so warm, and you look outside and you see blue skies and sunshine, and you think, oh, the weather's lovely today, and you step outside, it's like walking into a fridge. Well, it's gone up to about six degrees now here, so... It's heading towards the weekend. Apparently by Monday it's going to be much better. So, fingers crossed. We should swap houses, Ted, you and I. We're obviously in the wrong places at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, this is show 178. Whateverworks.works is our website. And the MeWe group is obviously on the MeWe <laughs> network. And you can find us there. Links in the show notes. If you get lost, go to tedsalmon.com. Links there to everything we do, audio podcasts, and all the MeWe groups. Do come and join us. Aidenbell.com. What can you say about that? Taking bookings? Take <laughs> taking, taking bookings for next year's Santa. Yeah, it's it's Aidenbell.com's not getting an awful lot of traffic these days because of the rise of social media, and we've talked about that in the past and won't again. Yeah. Um, but um, I've still I'm still linked there out to the MeWe group and to the various things that I get up to and my videoing projects and my my musical writing and so yeah. If you uh, if you're curious to what I'm getting up to, then that's where to find me Aidenbell.com with a link to MeWe, of course. Excellent. Um, PayPal.me forward slash Ted Salmon if you want to buy me a coffee. And if you want to help us towards the cost of running whatever works, um, we're in deficit. Did you see my spread, my um, my cash flow this I month? I did, yes. We're in deficit. <laughs> 
We're about 40 quid down. So if anyone wants to buy us an Amazon gift voucher, we can turn that into cash to ready that. Um, you do that by sending it to my email address. But um, I do appreciate that there's money coming in for all the coffee pot as well. So it's not the end of the world. But No, it isn't. Quite... And you can't say this yourself, Ted. So let me say it for you. You do a sterling and amazing job looking after not only the, 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 the business side of whatever works, but all the other fabulous podcasts you're involved with. I applaud you for it. And I do say, dear listeners, if you can spare a few pennies to buy Ted a cup of coffee and keep it going, please do. Thank you very much. That's very kind words. And it's always useful to get nice feedback from thing, from people and not criticism. Let's not go there. Um, incidentally, if I could sell my stream deck, then I could put the money back in the pot. I, you know, when I first got this stream deck, that was your fault. I think it was my fault, wasn't it? Because yeah. I'm the one who first discovered them and raved about them. Yes. I, I knew that I wanted the big one. It seemed, <laughs> it seemed like a lot of money. And I thought, no, I'll just skimp on this and get the little one, 15 buttons instead of 32. And I knew that eventually I, it would get too much to me. So for me. So I decided, right, I'm going to sell my two little ones i sold the first one for 70 quid and i reckon my, my mathematics was that if i sold both of them for 70 and 70 i'd get 140 and i'd only have to pay 40 quid more to to, to pay for my um, 32 button one but i can't sell the second one so anyone wants to buy a stream deck an elgato stream deck much covered on this show for 70 quid then do get in touch and buy it from me and then the money can go back in the pot there you are, a good cause, ladies and gentlemen. And they are they are so much fun. I mean, they are yeah. and both fun and useful. I mean, what could be better? It's just, don't you find, Ted, you, after a while, your muscle memory just knows where to go and you do it without thinking. Yeah, and you can open programs and close programs and shift windows and move to where you want and all sorts of little commands that would otherwise require two or three or four clicks of the mouse. You just yeah. flick a button and it happens. It's, it's, it's great fun. And and you can bury stuff and put stuff in folders and deep dive into oh, yes. settings in settings in settings. It's it's just really, really good. And there's a good community backing it up as well, where you can go and pinch people's plugins and stuff. And, really, and really baby good macros, where you could think, oh, if only I could move this window every time I open this program, would move the window to there and then shift that to the other. And well, yeah, if you look yeah. into it, as you say, you, with, a good, with the help of the community, you can actually design a macro. So you just hit one button and voila, it happens. Exactly. It doesn't sound as though, going by that, you're bored and lethargic. <laughs> Which is what it says, dear listeners, in our recording notes. No, bored and lethargic is just me being a drama queen. Um, <laughs> not been a lot going on here. And couple that with, um, I'm sure I'm one of these people who suffer from SAD, this sad thing over the winter. I just right. feel a bit grumpy and gruff. And why should I bother getting out of bed? It's just another dark, cold day <laughs> sort mm. of feeling. Um, I, yeah, I don't want to bring a downer into the show. And I I know it's just me and I just need to have another cup of coffee and, and snap out of it. But yeah, a bit cold and dark and blah and winter bluesy and looking forward to summer. But um, yeah. that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> we, are, we are opposites. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you what ha happened to me this week. I nearly lopped the end of my, fit, my thumb off. Yes, tell me about Good this, Ted. This sounds great. awful. Uh, you know that hand blender I got for Christmas? Yes. Well, I was washing it up oh. and I stuck the um, end of it into the washing up bowl and left it plugged in so that you can oh. turn it on. Well, you turn it on in the water. Oh, I see. And it, it, it cleans itself right. by spinning okay. around. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that, that's not the difficult okay. bit. The difficult bit came was when it wouldn't clean properly. And I thought, oh, I'll stick my thumb in there and just clean it around and give oh, it a hand. Oh, no. And as I, and as I put my thumb in to do it, I my my other hand grasped the shaft of the ooh, misses the 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 machine thingy, oh. and it touched the on button, and and this thing just obviously went into life, and my thumb was in there, and it caught. Well, I thought that I'd lost the end of my thumb. I really did. I, I leapt back, obviously, and there's blood everywhere, oh. and um. It, it turns out, actually, that it must have been a glancing blow and it must have just caught... But it, it did start me thinking about the safety of these things because I know that you shouldn't do that sort of thing and you should unplug it. Of course you should. Um, but 
you know, I, if those blades being exposed in a handheld device like that, any other device that was that lethal, you you, you need a licensing. Yeah, and it would you? have protective shielding, or you'd need to use yeah. both hands to turn it on. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. Oh goodness, um, I do feel for you. Did you have to seek medical advice, or were you able no, to just look no. after it yourself? Yeah, yeah. I just I just stuck. Um, I stopped the bleeding with direct pressure, of course. And then the next day, um, it was hurting, obviously. And the next day, I thought at least I'd get a black nail. But no, I didn't. And um, I I can still see, I'm looking at it now, and I can still see the damage there, but it doesn't hurt anymore. Oh, Ted, you dodged Um, a bullet there. I've got away with it. Oh, goodness me. So be careful, everyone, with those hand blenders and don't do stupid things like I do. You may never be able to play the violin again, Ted. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose that's a silver lining. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to give you another shout out, sir. Ah. I want to thank. Now, this um, is a talking wrong podcast here, so I'll be brief. But um, I I think people maybe know by now that I had to finally give up my beloved uh, physical QWERTY keyboard phone and buy a new phone. And thanks to Mr. Ted Salmon, I am the very happy owner of a Nokia XR20, which... Whoa. It's the most sturdy brick you could possibly <laughs> buy. I haven't tested it, but I believe you can lob this against a wall and you'll do more damage to the wall than you will the phone. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, physical hardware aside, I, I like it very much, Ted, and I'm very grateful for your kind assistance in helping me buy the phone that I'm slowly getting used to and growing to love. Excellent. We did go through quite a, a, a kind of two-way conversation about that um, at the time, I remember. That's and right. You you were throwing questions at me and I was trying to answer them. And yeah, I, I was trying to get to what you really wanted. And I, I'm glad it worked out for you, really. Do you know what's so, interesting yeah. is is the, the plus point above all others is that I hadn't realised that for five years I was using a substandard phone. And suddenly I've got a phone on which things just work and do what they're yeah. meant to and actions pr- proceed as they're supposed to and things stay connected. And it really feels like I've sort of stepped out of the dark ages into the 21st century. Hurrah. Good Thank you, Nokia. sir. <laughs> You're the best fan. Now, that should have been a jingle, shouldn't it? We need a jingle oh, for feedback, oh, don't dear. we, Ted? We really do. Oh, actually, I've got a job for you. <laughs> yes, what's someone, that? Someone is after your services for jingles. Who was it? Oh, Gareth on Tech Addicts. He said, we'll get... Um, we'll get uh, Aidan onto that. We need jingles between our uh, between our sections. I said to him, he'll love that. Yeah, I'm happy to do him. that. If Gareth will buy yeah. your stream deck, I'll be happy to record him a jingle. <laughs> no, he bought the first one. <laughs> oh, OK, maybe not. <laughs> anyway, uh, feedback, feedback, feedback. There's your jingle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, it's me again, isn't it? I shall begin our feedback with Malcolm Bryant. Thank you for coming back to us, Malcolm, on indoor security cameras. Oh, that's right. Malcolm popped a question onto MeWe, which was, what are the options? I've been happily running three Netgear Arlo Q cameras for a few years. This is security camera systems, of course. I bought them because of the following. A, plug-in, not battery. B, good Android app available to alert, to turn on, off and to view videos remotely. And C, a seven-day free video storage. Netgear has just announced that they are discontinuing support for these cameras from the 1st of January 2024 and no more free video storage. Does anyone here have any suggestions for a cost-effective replacement system? I'm not keen to pay for a subscription unless it's absolutely necessary. So Malcolm was looking for an alternative indoor security camera system. And I was the first to respond to this with my suggestion of Blink. Um, We've talked about those cameras on the show a few times now. Amazon Blink, although I'm a Google house, here, I do use the Amazon Blink cameras and I've always found them, <laughs> I found them, I, you know, I have no idea why I didn't go to Google in the first place because I'm an idiot. Mm. However, um, they're very good. The Blink app runs flawlessly on my new Android phone, but also on the old <laughs> one, in fact. And I've been very pleased with the cameras. I've had them for three or four years now. And um, one thing that came up during the during the quite lengthy conversation that followed with several people chipping in on me, we thank you for that, is that apparently, without even realising it, I got a free cloud subscription because mm. I was responding um, to Malcolm saying, oh, yes, and there's no subscription. You just save up to the cloud. And other people came in saying, no, 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 not at all. If you buy it, you have to pay for cloud. So I think I must have got in under the radar and got my cloud subscription for nothing. Um, but anyway, Blink was my suggestion. And there was then quite a lengthy discussion about cameras. And um, I believe Malcolm has finally settled on Blink. But there's still a discussion about exactly which cameras and which um 
what do you call it? Uh, the thing what the cameras talk to before it talks to the internet. Receiver, satellite for the cameras. Um, anyway, it's not quite settled yes. yet, but he's, Malcolm's on his way to becoming a Blink user. Right. <laughs> no help for <Okay>. Maiden. <laughs> I've never used one of these things. I've no idea what you're talking about. I, yeah, that's not true. Of course I do. But I, I've just never had one, set one up, used one. Right. I've never just. Never I've lost a this. word. I mean, each of the ca- all the ca- you can have, I think it's a, as many cameras as you want, I believe, or at least four or five. And they all talk to a small unit, which is what receives the camera footage and gives that footage to the Wi-Fi. And I can't right. remember the name of that little little cigarette box hub. size hub, basically. Yeah, it's not. They don't call it a hub, but that's effectively what it is. And I know Malcolm. Control panel. Malcolm is 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 just considering different yes shut up in the corner is just considering (laughs) different hubs i mean enough of a mess already with this ted without you helping (laughs) anyway i hope it all worked out for you malcolm let's move on to matt jones before i have a seizure (laughs) you know that i've got this moped we'll come back to my moped later Mm. um but at the moment i'm trying to find some way of putting it inside a shed or a cover i mean this cold weather has kind of done this anyway, yes matt jones um came up with an idea um independently of my thoughts about because he was talking about bike storage and he's found this one at halfords which is a tent um so it is it's not hard side it's yeah. just a tent um but it holds two bikes in it ah. um i have two bikes and two of these sheds he says two bikes in one plus a third bike and some other bits in the second i was impressed at how well they served their purpose from last summer when i bought them they are robust against wind and rain keeping the bikes nice and dry even in some pretty nasty weather however 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 today after not using any of these um, bikes or even opening the tent since november so probably about two months i opened the tents to find everything covered in mold i've painstakingly cleaned it all off and i noticed there was a fair bit of water on the floor so i dried up and sprayed everything with a bleach based cleaner which i assume will discolor everything nicely (laughs) Um, (laughs) but uh, the answer to the question came from uh, our own judge barton i think ah judge barton he said apart from having to clean up of course is that tents need opening now and again to air things and prevent this kind of if you do that it'll prevent this kind of thing happening yes. so advice going forward um was uh you know i i, I think that's probably quite sensible isn't it to open up and now yeah, and again yeah yeah absolutely but of course if you don't think about it then you don't think about it and matt obviously didn't and he's paid the price so i bet he will now every week open it up for half an hour do you know we should do that with our garages too i mean the number of years that i go out into the garage in the spring and find everything's warped and moldy and wet and dank and horrible and presumably if we just sort of flung open the garage door for an hour or so once or twice during the winter that might have the same effect Exactly. And returning to Judge Barton, he brings us the Jobby Mini Tripod Phone Holder. Hey, I thought Jobby meant something else, but never mind. Um, <laughs> you could say Joby. A wee Jobby. Come on, Listen, come on. It's very small. It's a wee Jobby. Um, <laughs> now, now, steady at the back. This, says Judge Barton, is a tiny tripod and phone holder. It folds flat, so it fits easily into a pocket. You can unscrew the phone holder part, and the tripod legs have a quarter-inch screw, which makes it compatible with most camera mounts. The only downside Ooh. is the price, currently on offer at nineteen ninety-seven. Now, that Ooh. is a pity, Judge Barton, because this, um, despite having a funny name... This is fabulous. I like the look of this. Do you remember those little um, fabulous plastic phone holder thingies that Jim Fowl recommended um, that we now both have, Ted? The little yeah. plastic opening things. Um, I do. They are fantastic, but I've discovered an Achilles heel in those, which is that they only fold the phone at one fixed angle, which I found yes. trying to use it on a plane last week was too steep. And so I had to start balancing it on other things. So actually, this rather nice thing that Ian has found could do just the job because, I mean, it has a ball socket. So you can presumably tilt it forwards and backwards and left and right to your heart's desire. Lovely. It's very nice. I like this. It is nice. It's a sh- Yeah, go on. Incidentally, have you got a lanyard for your phone? I have not. Oh, because there's actually oh, right. a lanyard clip on the phone, I'll, isn't I'll send you. I'll send you one because I've got. I bought a packet of five of them. I thought I had, and um, you can put it through the hole and you put it around your wrist. It's quite useful. Anyway, uh, that's an aside. Yes, indeed. Now, where was I? <laughs> do carry on. Uh, this tripod, it does look good, and I do like the fact that you can use it with a camera. Um, not that I use cameras very much these days, but it, having a, a standard thread in it for doing that—that's yes. really useful, yes. isn't it? 
Uh, it's a shame, in a way, it's a shame it doesn't work the other way around. You can't put the phone holder onto a standard tripod. So you actually have a phone adapter for a tripod. But hey, you can't have everything. Um, I like this and, and I love that it's folds small and slips into a pocket. Yeah, and yeah. I am tempted even at 20 quid. quid. And at 20 quid. And that's minus 50. It looks like it's 39.59 normally, so they How say. Ridiculous. Uh, so, eh, but you never know. It could be sturdily and beautifully built out of titanium and last forever. Who knows? I'd rather have a jobby. <laughs> Now, I, I had a, on my Christmas wish list from Amazon, I had this um, um, red mug on there for about four years. Yes. No one ever bought it for me. And this year, it's been there for so long, I think someone felt sorry for it. And so they, they, <laughs> they snapped it up. It's the big red mug for dad men. You know how Amazon lists things. Yes, yes. It's, it says on there, dad, dad men. men. <laughs> Um, anyway, I, I forgot all about it, to be honest, but it arrived. And I, I, when I opened this at uh, uh, Christmas, I thought, oh, yeah, I forgot all about that. It's so nice. And it holds a pint of coffee or tea or whatever Goodness. you put in it. Um, so it saves boiling a kettle so often and getting up off my arse so often <laughs> and wearing out the carpet so often. It, I, I, all joking aside, it's a real cracker of a mug. I, I use it all the time now. Um, so much so that I, I forget to wash it up. I must do better with that. Um but it's yeah, it holds a pint of coffee, and I don't mind if my coffee goes a bit cold. So, it, you know, it lasts. You know, it's no problem for me that that it that it's not piping hot all the time. Unlike you with your heated ember mugs. That's the one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm. But I'm, I love I'm afraid it. Really I can't nice. go Thirteen pound ninety nine, and I reckon it's a real a real boon. Uh, your turn. Sorry, I was going to say I just can't go back to a tea and find it's dropped in temperature because I'm a snob <laughs> like that. But otherwise, I do like this very much, and I see that it is also available in blue, black, white and yellow. Yeah. So dads of all hue can enjoy this mug. Dad, as long as they're men. Dad men. Dad men of all hues can enjoy this. I like that very much, Ted. And it's very Christmassy, actually. I mean, the big red one yes, amuses me true. very much with my Christmas it's tendencies. Lovely. Here, Here it is. It's very nice, sir. <laughs> I came across an interesting thing which I popped into me way and it actually elicited a very long and interesting discussion. So thank you all for taking part in that. Slow checkouts. Jumbo, it said, the Dutch supermarket chain introduced slow checkouts when it discovered that some people enjoy chatting while paying for their goods. Hazel Bell, turn away now. (laughs) She would hate this. (laughs) The added personal touch is helping many people, especially the elderly, deal with loneliness. The move has proven so successful that Jumbo has now installed the slow checkouts in 200 stores. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like that. I think I, I certainly appreciate that they need to flag it up because if you're in a hurry or if you're not interested in discussing the weather and the time of day, then you do not want to be standing in front of somebody who is doing so. But as long as you're aware that you're in that kind of a checkout, I think that's a lovely thing. And it, it, it makes a little so, a bit of social intercourse, which a lot of people don't get. Um, yeah, I approve. What do you think? Talking of awareness of going into the checkout, I went into the local Tesco this week and I was not aware that I was in that lane. Oh, oh they have one it's in Tesco a, now. Well, it's it's a, a little extra help, it's called. Use this checkout if you need a little extra oh, time. Oh, that's nice. And that was, and that's very nice. And, and so I was approaching this, um, uh, this checkout and this little lady um, in front of me tried to offer me to go first and i didn't know i was in this extra help lane right yeah. um that's the the key point here and i said to her you know doing the kind of you know gentlemanly thing no 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 it's fine you go ahead yes. um you know I, I i'm not in a hurry and then so she did and then, <laughs> and then three I and was, a half hours later <laughs> no no you see the point was though that um i i she wanted to wait till after me because she wanted more time yes, to talk to the, yes. the cashier and the cashier started to engage me with conversation and then i realized what was going on and i looked up and saw this sign and i thought oh she's 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 going out of her way this this cashier to talk to me that poor woman who i effectively rushed away yeah. oh. <laughs> she missed out on all the, anyway so i just thought i would mention yeah, I mean, that i i did see that yeah okay that was a little misunderstanding on your part no problem yeah. was the cashier good i mean do you think she was doing a good job of chatting yeah, with you yeah. oh yeah yeah yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I didn't particularly want to chat with her. Yeah. But then I shouldn't have gone into that checkout, I suppose. Yes. Oh, no, as, I, I didn't know. as I say, my mother's the sort of person, if they say hello, she'll say, shush, pack the bag. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's unfair on my mother. Of course she wouldn't. But um, yeah. So you've got to know whether you want to be in that lane or not. But I think if you do, I thoroughly approve. 
And the and the, the Ted's top tip is to look up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Steve Litchfield brings us Swiss Army knives. Oh, we've had them before. I, I own one of them. I bought mine in Switzerland. Let's see what Steve has to say. I cannot understand how most people get through the day without a pen knife of some kind. Half a dozen times a day I reach for mine, says Steve, permanently cabinered to my belt and tucked into my trouser back pocket to access scissor, knife, screwdriver or whatever. So many gadgets, so many uses. Uh, and Steve has linked to a post of his, uh, a review, I believe, on the latest, on his latest Victoria, what's it? Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, the Tinker. 30 odd quid, says Steve, at Amazon UK. Oh, I mean, you can't go wrong with a Swiss Army Knife. I, again, it's, it's, it's um, each to their own. I don't think I would need to carry mine with me at all times because I don't have the same use case as Steve clearly does. But I can't disapprove of Swiss Army Knives. They are extraordinary. And as I say, I actually bought mine once when I was in Switzerland because that seemed the thing to do. Um, it lives in the car and I don't use it that often. Sorry, Steve, but um, they're a joy to have. They're a joy to have. You're right. It, it's nice to own one and it's lovely to play with it and it's it's beautifully made and you know, it, it's great but I, there's no way I, I i will go months and months if not years on end and not use it yes. it sits in a, it sits in a drawer i mean if i put it in my pocket and carry with me, with, with me all the time maybe i would i don't know yeah. but I don't seem to need to have to do all these little jobs that Steve seems to need to do hour in, hour yes. out. So, On my brother's other half um, is a horsey person. And when we were over at Christmas, she was telling me about, oh, a friend of hers had a horse and they had a bit of trouble because the horse got a sewn in its shoe and they had to remove it. And I said, oh, why didn't you call me? I'd have brought my penknife. I've never, <laughs> ever removed a stone from a horse's shoe with this special tool that people always tell me that's for removing stones from horses." hooves if only you'd called me i could have used it bucket yeah, list yeah. tick missed <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah everyone should have one but even if they don't use it quite as much sorry i'm yawning I here. stay I awake at the it's back probably, please <laughs> probably waiting for you all day that's done it is he coming is he coming is that cat scan finished yeah, i was in a machine Tom- be patient pip, pip tomlinson is next um he's talking about an app called too good to go. Oh, yes. Actually, I think that should be... Shouldn't that be T-O-O? T-O-O, yes. Too good to go. And it's available in Spain, where he lives, and the UK. It allows cafes and restaurants to sell unused foods that would be thrown out at the end of the day to users of the app for a small charge. He says that I paid £2.20 yesterday to try it out and received a whole bag of sandwiches and pastries which would have just been thrown out. You have to collect the mystery bags of food, but then you can choose what type of food, cafe, restaurant you want to order from. It seems like a very good way to stop so much food waste, and it does look very good. I haven't installed it. Um, I'm, I'm figuring that in North Wales, there'll be nowhere near me to that are on part of the scheme. But if you lived in um, Barcelona or in... Or even where you live, yeah, maybe it would. I'm looking at this and thinking this is phenomenal. I'm absolutely going to try this out. I approve wholeheartedly. I was in London when I did one of my Santa gigs this year and I wanted to get a coffee and I went into a bakery and I said, are you still open? And she said, no, sorry, we're we're, we're closing. But would you like a loaf of bread? And she right. gave me a loaf of bread and I said, oh, I'm eating a friend. And she said, oh, I have another one. So, you know, this is what they do. They have to chuck this food away. And it's such a shame, such a waste. Yeah. So, so a scheme like this looks mar- looks really marvellous. I'm going to have a go and I'll report back on whether, on how I got on with it. Thank you, Pip, very uh, much yeah, indeed. And, and others do too as well. We'll put a link in the show notes, of course, to Too Good To Go. And now a section that does have a jingle. Now, um, I've got a feeling we've done this before, you know, but someone this week bought this thing and it is a suction handle. You know, those bathroom grippy things. Ah, for the, for the elderly and disabled people to hang on to. Or anyone else. That oh, I see. Or anyone who's just having a shower and doesn't want to fall over. Yes, yeah, yes, of yeah, course. Yeah, just anyone. Anyway, it, this thing has got these, you know, the, like these... Um, like these sucker thingies that you 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 put onto the a flat surface and then yes. you kind of bend something over on the top and it suckers it into yes. it. Yes, it's like these well, handles people use for moving big windows. You see guys yes, lifting right. windows yeah. in the street. Exactly. With them. Yes, and this has got one of those at each end of it, and you stick it onto your bath 
tiles or whatever you've got in your bathroom, uh, a flat surface it needs to be. Yes. And it's, suppo- it's supposedly um, then good enough for you to get up out of the bath or, you know, take your weight. I mean, I, th- there was no indication of what weight limit there is involved in it. Um, it but, it, you know, people mm-hmm. were generally reporting well on it. 67% of them gave it a five star and 14% gave it a four star. We'll come to that in a minute, actually, in Ted's top tips. But the this thing is £11.69 at the moment um, and it's usually £12.49, made of plastic, looks really good. I, yeah, my, my question would be, whoever's bought this, do do let us know if you want to be lose your anonymity and tell us if it could be trusted and what weight, you know, are you a heavy person or the person you bought it for a heavy person and is it holding up okay? Um, so, um, yeah, it yeah, looks really good. It does look good and I agree with you, Ted. I'd be a little dubious to put all my weight on it because mm. even if it worked i might rip the tiles out of the wall <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the other true, possibility yeah. you know I, I don't speak a word of french but looking down the reviews you're quite right it's all getting very good reviews until there's one at the bottom that says ne reste pas en place il se décolle <laughs> one star so <laughs> i think that's probably french for this is a load of crap i don't want it yeah. but um as you say the rest of the reviews are all very good and it, it does look like a lovely thing so whoever bought it, thank you so much. And that does indeed lead us straight into Ted's Top Tips. Ted's Top Tips, Ted's Top Tips, Ted's Top Tips. And my Ted Tops Tips, Tops Tops, I can't say <laughs> Sorry, could you put your teeth in and try again? <laughs> Um, is about spotting fake reviews. I was just talking about five-star and four-star reviews there. And I picked up a, some tips online about um, how to read reviews and what to trust and not what not to trust. And there's a, a whole bunch of kind of um, tips here. Which don't are, read them in a foreign language that you don't understand, for starters. <laughs> Um, and, and each one gives a kind of tip of what to look out for, how grammar is used and whether most um, most uh, fake reviewers apparently are not fluent in English, which means if you look out for broken sentences, mm-hmm. incorrect grammar and spelling mistakes, you you can be, you know, to some degree on the track to, to looking at a fake review. Um you can also see how the um, the person has um, gone into detail. If they use words such as amazing, beautiful, masterpiece, um, or, or the other extreme, bad and pathetic, then they're less likely to be a genuine review than if you're using less extreme words in, in, in the review. Um, so it's all a bit complicated. But the I think the takeaway for me here was that... Um, I think one of the the best tips here is to look for the things that are not five-star reviews and are not one-star reviews and focus in on the two, three, and four-star reviews. Of course, we're all talking about Amazon here mostly, but it does apply to other things as well. Um, Because the ones that are two, three, and four-star reviews would would seem to be um, people that have thought about it and, and decided to try and um, rate it genuinely. Whereas if you were in there doing a fake one and you were on the payroll of the company selling it, you'd give it five stars. Or if you were trying to snub a competitor, you'd give it one star. Um, and, and, of course, that's not always the case for everything. But general rules here look for the ones in the middle. So, yeah, interesting tips. If you've got any tips about spotting fake reviews dear listener then do let us know and we'll bring those back to a future show any thoughts Aidan? yeah I, I think i agree with you ted and i think also there is a also common sense prevails i mean you know you and i are both fairly literate people and i think the majority of our listeners as well can tell if you read a review it doesn't take long to decide whether that person really knows what they're talking about or even if they don't know what they're talking about has at least bothered to pay genuine attention to the product and is giving you both positive and negative and coming out with a conclusion so yeah i th- I, I agree with you yes sir here here still using and still using yoshiko digital wireless indoor <laughs> there'll be letters indoor outdoor thermometer um, do you remember this? You do, I think, because I believe you have one as well. Back in yeah. 2018, show yeah. number 60, 26th of May, I brought on or 
Somebody brought on and I then bought. I'm not quite sure. This rather nice indoor-outdoor thermometer. It's a black display. It's about, oh, I don't know, in old money, it's about, what is it, four inches by two and a half, something like that. Very nice rectangular display. On the left side, you've got the indoor temperature, nice and big and bold. And on the right side, the outdoor. And underneath both of those, you've got on the left side, the minimum it's been that day and the maximum it's been that day. Um, yes. And it's got an outside sensor, which you take outside and you place in a convenient, sensible place. And that speaks to the whole unit indoors. Um, I got this thing in 2018 and I was really, really happy with it. Enjoyed using it. Never had any problems until a um, couple of weeks ago, it, the outside sensor just packed up and died and yeah. I brought it in and I talked severely to it and changed the batteries mm. and smacked it around a bit and it had just had enough it wasn't going to play ball so I looked on the web to see if I could get a replacement sensor and I decided that actually the <laughs> most sensible thing to do would be to just buy a new one big horse yeah. John Wayne had a big horse. Um, I then gave my mother my thermometer and kept the new one because we only need the one sensor. So now we have two for the price of one. Um, so, yeah, the sensor's outside in between her end of the house and mine. And we've each got one in our in our two rooms. And uh, my mother's also very pleased with oh, it. Oh, both of the, the two can use the same exactly. sensor. Exactly. Uh, yeah, the, oh, the new right. sensor is powering both units. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you see... That that was my thinking. I, I think I, I think the option was I could have bought a sensor, and I just thought, well, why do that when I just buy a new unit that will come with a sensor that will then power both? And that is Good what I'm doing. Good already, isn't it? Well, you know, are you happy with yours? You're still using it? Well, funnily enough, and we really haven't discussed this before today's show. Um, the the outside centre packed up. So I, had to, <laughs> I, I chucked it away. No. And so and so I only use mine now. And I tell you, the the most useful part of it for me is so it can only do the indoors temperature where it is. Yes. Um, but the most useful bit to me is the maximum and minimum. Yeah. Minimum any twenty four hour period, it tells you what it's That's right. the lowest it's been and highest. And that bit of it, I think, is really really useful. Yes, I, I find that very useful. Well, get, Ted, buy a second one and then you can, you, know, you can have two with one sensor. I don't need two, though. Well, send it to me and I'll have three. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there you go. My, my, my still using is from May 17. Oh, Good goodness. Grief. That's a long time ago, isn't it? Um, Whatever Works 35. And it's some T-shirts. Oh, yes. And they're made by this company called Fonfella. Not Fondfella, <laughs> but fond fella um and these t-shirts have been really good I've, I've had them for far too long obviously at least six years and they come with different slogans on the front you know stupid kind of thingies really but they're, they're they they are showing signs of wear but i think and they're still selling them i can't believe it when i looked on my the website just i thought i was expecting to go to a dead amazon page but no they're still there still selling them all sorts of different sizes, different colours, different um, corny logos on the front. And I don't, you know, I, I just, when I'm just knocking about in the summer, they're really light and they, they're absolutely fine. So, as I say, they are wearing a bit, but they're okay. Um, they were £7 each when I bought them. And I notice now that they're um, just under £10 each, which I guess is reasonable after five years. Um and I, yeah, I got six of them, and all six of them are still in um, in in service and doing really well. So the Fonfella men's t-shirts. I think six years is jolly good going, Ted. If they're only just starting to show their wear now, that's that's very good, sir. Indeed, very good indeed. This is a weird one. I mean, talk about specialist. I've found. <laughs> Cheapest chips, just £9.99. They are just button number penny in. <laughs> Ferrite ring core black RFI EMI noise suppressor cable clips. 20 pieces, mind you. So definitely cheapest chips. Ted, do you know that noise that you sometimes hear on your speakers that goes and you think, oh, my mobile phone's getting a signal? I only hear it when, I, when, that, when the mobile phone is a signal. That's right. But I mean, you shouldn't hear it. I mean, what it means is that your mobile phone is interfering with your loudspeaker and causing a noise. I've not heard that for a long time, but I know what you mean. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then there's other other interference that can come from various places. Um, In our living room, I have a couple of PC speakers, which I've uh, cabled, not no Bluetooth involved, which I've wired up through cable for my mother for the television. So she can hear the television sitting where she is and we can have separate volumes in the living room. Um, And she was getting the sound and bits of interference come through her speakers. So 
I did some research because um, I'm not going to profess to have known any of this before. It's, it's pure black magic. Um, these are ferrite rings. And according to a quick bit of Googling, a ferrite bead is a passive device that filters high frequency noise energy over a broad frequency range. It becomes resistive over its intended frequency range and dissipates the noise energy in the form of heat. So what these are, they're sort of, I don't know, they're like the sort of, they're like the, the, the tops of, of um, uh, felt tip pen lids, that sort of size. And they open up and you clip them round the cable that you want to, the, 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 the cable that's involved in the noise. And lo and behold, it stops. Mm. I bought these 20 pieces and I went a bit mad. I put sort of three or four in various parts of the system because I've got the cable running from the television into a, into a little um, headphone amplifier and then I've got the cable plugging that into the speakers around the back. So I put two or three or four, since I've got a bag of 20 of them, I put three or four of them in various places and blow me, it stopped the noise. Mm. It'd be black magic. Um, you get 20 in the thing, as I say. You get four different sizes, five different sizes, four of each. Um, so the tiddly ones are as a, as sort of the size of your little fingertip, I should imagine. And then they go up to the big, big, big sods, which are sort of thumb size for different size cables. And um, I have no idea how, despite the fact that I've just read it out, but they work. And do, do they do they feel hot? No, not at all. No, no, no. I mean, right. I think when they say dissipates in heat, it must be tiny, tiny. I mean, you know, mm. how much I, I think you wouldn't be able to cook a kettle on a from your mobile phone would you um no i think it's yeah. absolutely un, un, undetectable heat without a meter or something no I, I, I was just thinking that you could put them in your hands and then you you wouldn't need gloves <laughs> put them round your fingers and then yeah. put them near the mobile phone there you are ted that's how to exactly. keep my hand warm thank you very much <laughs> moving on swiftly <laughs> mine is nine pound 99 as well and it is a U-Green USB 3 extension need. We're all techie today, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll make it quick. Male to female extension need for USB 3. Never not, never thought I'd need one ever, but I do. I needed to get this um, device, this hub, next to my nearer to my mouse and keyboard. And the, the thing's too far away and blah, blah, blah. And so I got this extension cable. It's braided. It's made really well. It costs 10 quid, as I say, 9 It's two meters long which is exactly what i needed to extend my hub and i thought it was good value i'm sure that you can probably get cheaper ones but this one is um, rated at five gigabits per second and um it apparently that means it's good for high speed i've not noticed anything wrong with it it doesn't slow down and um my mouse and keyboard work perfectly uh, from the hub and so it's done the job um fanny gerant it's very nice. I have a couple of Ugreen cables, which I, I totally concur with you. They are tough as old boots and very, mm. very good. Good find, Ted. Excellent. Indeed. I want one. I want one. I want one. I want one of those. I blame Kiss Kelly for the Chris even. <laughs> Kiss <laughs> Kelly. That, that's, his, <laughs> that's, that's another name. No, let's not go <laughs> let's there. Let's not go there. Chris, I blame you for this. Backpacks. Well, actually, I blame, to be honest, I blame Kiss Kelly and I blame Google. I blame Mr. Kelly because we discussed backpacks on the last couple of shows and I blame Google because it obviously heard me discussing backpacks and started throwing adverts at me. One of which was for the Mouse, M-O-U-S, Everyday Backpack. Now, apparently, Mouse are a company, I didn't know this before, but they appear to be a company who are known for making good, rugged, sturdy bags that you can chuck around the place and everything within them will stay nice. Can you and- keep cheese in them? Moving swiftly on. <laughs> I like this, A, because of the idea that it's, it's tough, but B, because it's just a nice, clean-looking, sexy backpack. One thing that I don't like about backpacks in general is that they have bits sticking out all over the place and that they have, you know, clips and, and, and straps and pulley things and all sorts of bits and pieces that put me off the idea of backpacks because I'm a clean lines man myself. And I like this. I like the look of it. I just think it's a sexy, sleek looking backpack. Uh, it probably is very good because it costs £198, <gasps> which is why I have no intention of ever buying one. But I thought I'd put it into I want one of those because I don't really even have that much of a need for a backpack. But if you'll remember the last time we talked about them, it was because I wanted one to go shopping to Tesco with. And yeah. I got one that you actually said you might follow suit and buy. It was a cheapest chips one. I think it was a less than a tenner backpack, 
which oh, yeah. which serves the purpose fine. So I have no need of another. But if money were no object, I would very much like to come back from Tesco with my milk in, on my back in the mouse everyday backpack. In which case, yes, Ted, you could put cheese in it. Cheese, <laughs> yeah, go to Tesco a, with your milk. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Just to be clear, this is M O U S. Indeed, yes. Anyone that's um, yes. not not clear on that. Uh, but what what do you think, think? Do you like the look you, of it? I do like the look of it. It looks really, really nice. It, the, the, referring back to the one that you said that I said I might yeah. get, the, the, the thing is, at the moment, I've got a backpack, a really quite expensive one, a good one, and I don't need one. So it would have kind of, like a lot of things on whatever works, you think, oh, I'm not going to just spend money on that because I don't need it. As nice as it might seem, so I didn't get it in the end, and, and I haven't got one, um, I haven't got any others because of the one, as I say, the one I've got is really good. Yes. But... Yeah, looks really nice. I I do like the. If I was going to get one and I had lots of money, that would be the one to go well, for. Well, then I'll take that as a positive. Thank you. If you've got even more money, like six and a half thousand oh, quid, goodness me, you could get a um, cake, C A K E, ache, A I K, a cake, cake, a cake, cake, um, electric bike oh. with a two hundred and twenty-three mile oh, range. Oh, again. Oh. And, and the reason that I want it is that it's designed for a, a 200 kilo load. Um, it's got a decent motor on it, um, top speed of 20 miles an hour, except that in the UK they're not allowed to do that. So we get a 16 mile an hour version, but that doesn't right. matter. For me, uh, in the last little while, while my stupid moped hasn't been starting, um, this would have just been perfect for me. It would have carried my weight. It would have been fast enough to fly around the town on. Um, and pedal when needed, obviously, of course. Um, a bit of exercise in the mix. And I just really fancy it. It looks like it's really solidly made and beautifully constructed. And it would I could, would be able to lift it up and put it inside the, the, stat, the static home and not have to leave it outside. Um, so all of that problem I have with the moped will go away. We'll come to that later. Um, but yeah, it looks really nice. Six and a half grand, though. It's an I want one of those. It's the Nokia of e-bikes, isn't it? It's the one you can <laughs> slap around the place and not do any damage. I like... Do you know what, Ted? I'm, I really, really want an... I mean, even beyond whatever works, I do want an e-bike. Uh, you may remember before COVID started, I bought a bike and I made a big scene about it. And I think Ian Barton was very helpful and kind and gave me some good tips. I never rode it. I got this bike. I rode it literally about three or four times. I went round the corner to Tesco and got exhausted and came home with it. And I just haven't used it. And Mm. I think an e-bike for someone like myself would be perfect because it encourages you to get out and use the bike. And yet you are also pedaling. So as you said, you do get some exercise thrown in. Um, So, you know, e-bike is better than no bike. Um, Yeah, I I want one too. I'm with you, Ted. I think we should we should co-own one. (laughs) Look at the look at the load bearing on it, though, that just on the front, because those wheels are really big and fat and chunky. Yes. And just on the front wheel, they're saying 20 kilos. You can put 20 kilos on top of the front front wheel and then you've got a space on the back. I I wonder if it's designed for couriers or something. It may be, but I mean, that's fine. I can buy a washing machine when I go to Tesco and bring it back on my bike. (laughs) Exactly. Looks absolutely spanking. And I really think that if I had one, unlike you, I probably would use it. So someone buy it for me, please. Oh, no, but I will use it. Oh, no, no, no. That's my point, Ted. If somebody buys me, I no, don't buy it for Ted. Buy it for me. You said that last time. (laughs) Yeah, that didn't have a motor. (laughs) (laughs) Frank Neidhard wants to put... DPD into room 101. Today, a parcel that should have been delivered to me at work has been given to someone else in the building. I've got no idea who. (laughs) We heard the driver ring the doorbell, walk through the building, use the lift, then leave. The tracking app only says a surname, but no company. So it could be anyone in any of the businesses in the seven-floor building. He says he did actually come back later and he said he found it the next day. It turned out the parcel had been left on the wall facing the lift doors. So it was there all the time. But, but, but I, must, I have to say that um, DPD, of all the couriers, I mean, I don't know what they're like in Germany because that's where Frank lives, but um, in this country, they're, they're the ones that kind of hold the gold standard, they've been given a gold star many times, I think, in this show um, because they always seem to be the best organised yes. and the best. So I'm 
surprised at this. But yes, I guess businesses might be different as well. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't have any DPD experience to speak from, but I mean, I think it's the same as we've we've found, especially during COVID. We were one week we were giving a gold star to delivery people, and then we were putting them in room one hundred and one. I think it just <laughs> depends on who is working that particular yeah. shift, that particular day, and that particular place. It does. You're right. Yeah. Sorry, Frank. We cannot help. <laughs> Google Maps. You're being very racist today. I'd like to apologise for my colleague for, for being racist against the Japanese. That's smart. Um, I would like to put Google Maps in room 101 with some hesitation because I love it. But for the fact that kilometres versus miles. I put this on MeWe this week. There's no way to swap between miles and kilometres. I am absolutely ingrained in the metric system now. I cannot think in miles. Miles means nothing to me. I don't care what country I'm in, what side of the road they drive on. I want to think and work in miles. Sorry, in (laughs) kilometres. If you go onto Google Maps in England, it comes up in miles. And it's correct. It's come up in the system of the country it's showing you. And if you go to Europe on Google Maps, it'll put in kilometres for you. That makes sense. That's what it should do. But you should have the ability to say, uh-uh, I want to override this, please. I'd like kilometres across the board. And you can't you do can that. you can on your phone. As you, po- as you kindly pointed out, Ted, because in fact, there were lots of responses to this on MeWe, but sadly, or sadly for me, happily for everyone else, the conversation sort of veered away into a discussion of different map systems and comparison of them. And the only person who actually responded to my initial whinge was your good self, <laughs> um, pointing out that you can do it on the app version, but you can't yeah. do it on the PC. And I actually did confirm that looking up some other oh, f- right. uh, forums on the web, other people griping the same as me. When you've looked up a route... You can then say, now show it to me in kilometres. But you can't have kilometres per se across the board for everything you do. And I think that's a shame because it is a wonderful system. Um, You know, likewise, you can't just jump to Germany and say, I want it in miles. It will always give you kilometres. And do you need to go into Room 101 for not having reported this to Google in the feedback tool? Uh, Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Room 101 for you. You see, this is what happens with Google. Everyone complains about stuff that that is not quite right. And no one thinks to go and do the feedback and tell them and give them constructive um, criticism and say, come on, let's get this organised. And that's how these organisations kind of work. You might think that your your feedback has gone in a bin somewhere and no one's looked at it, but we are assured that they do and... Um, you don't get any feedback, but they, you know, it goes into the pot and, and, and it is considered. Well, it wasn't last time when I said I wanted free ice cream every time I go on to Google. Nobody <laughs> came back with that. Chris, Chris, Clayton, Chris Clayton is last. We can't on this... Anyone whose name is Chris is, is, is just in the bin this week. I'm yeah, sorry about yeah. that. Chris Clayton on the state of tech reviews on YouTube. Mm. It's total crap, he says. Latest bugbear for me is corporate access reviews. Um, Panasonic have just released the camera and nearly all the reviews start with Panasonic did fly me to Tokyo to give me a free £2,000 camera but this or 2K camera but this video isn't sponsored by them and these are just my honest thoughts yes oh dear yeah I'm guessing that if you want more free holidays and clickbait fodder in the future you're not going to slag off the product they're not paying you to sell <laughs> so we do get this Chris and this, yeah. this, com- this comes up now and again and it's really difficult for what it comes down to often is is that people are trying to make a living out of this because retail's largely closed down. Where are they going to get a job from? So they go and get a job doing reviews, and so they're going to try and make money out of it and try and do what they can to to get bread on the table instead of getting a job at Tesco, I suppose. But it's a really difficult conundrum um, because if they don't do it, as they're supposed to do. We get PR loans from companies, Steve and I, for PSC, and we decided um, a long time ago that we just, we're not going to care. If it dries up the, if by giving it an honest review that's not favourable, it dries up the line of PR loans, then it does. We have to live with that. But we're not going to get a reputation for what Chris is talking about here. Um, But, you know, neither Steve or I are relying on this for a full-time job. And that's part of the problem. I'm waffling now. Your turn. No, but you and Steve are honourable gentlemen. And I mean, it goes back to your Ted's top tips from earlier, how to spot a bad review. And this is exactly the sort of thing we were saying. You you have to read the content of the review. And 
I mean, I do you know. I would be more inclined, even if it was all right. Supposing the product came out that was a wonderful, that genuinely was wonderful, and genuinely was the bee's knees, and somebody wrote a review saying, "Oh, this is absolutely amazing." I would still prefer the review that says, I've looked at this product and it is absolutely astonishing and I think so because of this. And on the other hand, if they'd done that, it would have been better still. You know, now I'm waffling, but yeah, I'm waffling too. Let's move on. (laughs) No, no, no. I I think you're right. But but then they are learning sub-strategies to make sure they do something like that, to make sure that people think that it is genuine. And it's a tactic by the company to say to them, look... Um, I'm going to have to put something negative in here, otherwise people will think it's not it's fake. Yeah. So well, let's agree on what I should say negative about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, su- I don't know. I don't know that happens, but you you suspect it does. Yeah. But on the other hand, ah. <sighs> Flintshire Motorcycles. I said I would come back to my moped. My moped has not been starting. In that cold spell we had in December, it wouldn't start. Um, And in the last week, it it won't start either. And I phoned up um, Flintshire Motorcycles, which are about 45 minutes cycle away from me, Mm -hmm. motorcycle ride away from me, which makes it a bit impractical on my little putt-putt to actually get there. Um, And they have just been as good as gold, basically. They, I mean, firstly, they said to me, um, I phoned them up the other day and they said to me, don't tell me, you can't start your bike. And apparently there were seven bikes that day that that they'd gone to pick up and bring to the workshop. Oh, goodness. And when they and when they got them to the workshop, they um, spend an hour in the workshop in the warm, and they fire up and go. And they said that that's what motorbikes are like. Um, you, you, it, this is they just don't start in the cold very well. And right. get you get used to it if you want to have a moped or a motorbike. So I accept that. But the point I'm coming to really was that how amazingly excellent they were. They came and got my moped in December. Um, they brought it back, having serviced it and MOT'd it. Um, they charged me. Yes, okay, they did. But the next nearest one would be in Liverpool, so mm-hmm. it was worth the sixty quid I had to pay for the um, so-called recovery. And they brought it back to me. Um, so I think it's a reasonable cost and a really friendly face um, going out of their way. This evening, I'm wait- while we're recording, I'm waiting for them to come down and they're going to drop off a battery charger to me um, to plug into my bike to make sure the battery's charged up um, because that could be the next problem right. if this continues as cold weather and the battery might get knackered. So they're going to drop it off. No one's asked me for any money. I mean, they know where I am, obviously, and they know that I, I they just trust me, I suppose. And um, the, the, the guy's going to to rock up with, with this charger um, and hand it over and I'll just phone up tomorrow and pay them online or whatever and it just is it, it feels a lot it feels kind of old-fashioned you know and really nice people we're back to Arkwrights again aren't we oh it's lovely this is a heartwarming story Ted because this is a story is. of proper as you say old-fashioned personal service yeah, exactly. Unless he comes to you and he says, now, sir, we've done all this for you. Would you be so kind as to go on to this website and give us a wonderful <laughs> review? <laughs> oh, but I would. Yes. They would have deserved it, even even though they'd asked me to do it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, they're just such a nice bunch of guys, and they they bend over backwards to, to, to help. When I said to him um, yesterday, I, we, we had a discussion about the fact that my moped wasn't start. The first thing he said to me was, I'll send someone out. I'll cut. Oh, we'll we'll get someone over there. We'll get it started for you. Don't you worry. And I said, no, 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 don't don't, don't worry about that. I think what I need to do is charge the. It's not if you come and start it today and send someone out, then tomorrow it won't start again because it's a cold problem. Mm-hmm. And so we agreed that what we need really is a battery charge and we just need to wait for the thing to get warmer when the weather turns next week. Um, so anyway, uh, there it is. The Flintshire motorcycles um, in mould for anyone that's in the north of Wales and wants some um, exceptionally good service from a motorbike shop. Proper service. I do like that. Do you know, just um, about a week ago, I had a chip in my windscreen. 
And I was concerned mm-hmm. it was going to, you know, explode and bring the whole screen down. So I got onto the web uh, and with Direct Line, who isn't, uh, and found out that through Direct Line, you can go online. You don't have to deal with any people. You go to Autoglass and I booked an Autoglass service and it was only going to cost me 10 quid because it was just the excess on insurance. And sure enough, uh, a few days later, a young lad came and he was so... It was it was just a nice experience because he not only did a very professional job on the window, but it looked interesting. He had a little suction thing and he was putting silicon in. And I went outside and asked him and he was very happy to stop what he was doing and explain to me this is that and that's the other and told me how it all worked. And I thanked him and he did a good job and off he went. So I sent an email the next day to the glass company and said, I just wanted to say the young lad who came was very helpful. And they wrote back and said, thank you for letting us know. We'll pass that on to him and his manager. They'll be pleased to hear it. And again, it's nice when you just have that little bit of social connection with people and it's not just some corporate company and you're just a number in a system. I did that with that second-hand record shop that I was on the last show. I sent them an email and said, "Um, I've opened up your pack of 10 used used LPs and they're exactly as you described. Well done, ever so nice, well well packaged. And I gave them, um, you know, a gold star effectively by that email. And they again replied to me, the same as you. And they replied to me and said, thank you for the feedback, because no one bothers to give us feedback normally. So it's, it's really useful. It, it, that's one of the things in life, isn't it? People are always quicker to complain than to compliment. So yeah. I think when you're obviously the same as me, when you have an opportunity to say, you know what, this isn't a complaint. This is a congratulatory email because I want to thank you for doing something well. It's just nice to be nice, isn't it? We want more gold stars and less room one oh ones. And yes, we do. <laughs> I think we're done. Now, I think Aiden. we are. We're up to the hour, I think, or thereabouts. Um, we'll be back in two weeks, hopefully, um, as long as we've got enough content. So t- do keep feeding stuff into our MeWe group. Links in the show notes. Whateverworks.works is where you'll find links to all the stuff we do. Um, one shout-out more again for me at tedsalmon.com. Uh, do go there where there's links to all the audio podcasts, all the MeWe groups, and you can find your way out from there. Aidenbell.com is where you'll find Aiden. Any last, last words from you, Squire? Yes. Anybody want a stream deck? Get touch with mr ted salmon he's Yay. got a fabulous one for sale <laughs> back in a fortnight uh don't forget whatever, whatever works works, works.